Hello and welcome to another edition of the Tigers Down Under. I'm your host, Alex, and with me I have Dan again. How are you, Dan? Yeah, look, um, pretty good. I think I was a, a little less uh, enthusiastic or a little more, maybe a little more critical last last week when I was on. And we um, we, we sort of, you know, in, in a sense, set down a gauntlet for or set the challenge for what we um, would accept, you know, come this time. Um and you know, happily, luckily, you know the 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 players have listened to us. Clearly, <laughs> responded to the challenge, lifted you know to the in the moment, and um, we've come away with six points, six very important points. Um, you know, at, the, at this point in the season, I think you know we risked sort of. I know it's still early days, but you know, slipping into that the falling the the, the trailing pack, slipping into the pack away from you know the, those ones that are right on the cusp, fighting it out for those top six spots, which I think, based on performances for the most part, is probably where we should be seeing ourselves. Yeah, I mean, we've said before, but what a difference a week can make in football when you go from last week we were sitting there as what one win in seven games and sort of thinking, you know, it's not panic stations, we're not. We're not getting too alarmist, but you sort of think, oh, it's a it's a good stretch of games. You don't want to drop too many of them. You, you know, you want to keep the performances up. And I think I even talked about, you know, if the if the results don't come, if if the performances start to drop because the players maybe lose faith in the system or whatever it might be. So to pick up the two wins and, and bank the six points, I mean, you just have to look at, we'll, we'll talk about the Birmingham game first, but the fact that we went into that game with them sitting in fifth or sixth, I think, um, or, or just maybe off the playoffs, and they're now sitting down in something like 16th and, you, you, you know, they've lost the, the last three games. So mm. you can very quickly get, you know, sort of sucked into that bottom half, bottom quarter of the table if you if you don't start to turn draws or losses into wins, um, which thankfully we, we've managed to do over the last two games. And there have been two of the – I mean, we looked ahead to sort of that 10-game that run. And, I mean, these would have been two of the trickier games in that run, I, I would hazard to say. Um, you know, Birmingham – playing reasonably well. I think they hadn't lost at home all season. Um, you know, obviously a bit of controversy and difficulties around the manager coming in in, in Wayne Rooney, um, but still a tough place to go. And, you know, I thought I thought actually coming away from it that we could have scored more goals. You think we could have won three, maybe four nil. You, you think of that twine chance that was essentially an open goal. Um, Philogen had a couple of chances as well. Delap, uh, was it Delap playing um, Philogen in or... Um, something in, in that that counter attack we had in the second half, where um, you know we just we created a lot of good opportunity, and it's the same thing we say every week, right? It's it's the lack of clinical edge that we have, but at least where you know sort of you know as soon as you bank a clean sheet, you only need to score one goal to get the three points. And look, it was a, a terrific win. Yeah, I think um, it was um, it, it was it, it, at the end. It felt like by the time we got through ninety minutes or. It, fe- it felt like it was a comfortable win, I think, in the end. But, you know, I think, the, you know, especially early on, we kind of rode our luck a, a, um, a bit as mm. well because I think we started really, really brightly. But I think on Birmingham's first counter, they um, they put a really strong chance into our box, which their um, the forward just, um, just sort of bounced under his foot or through his legs or whatever. And it was almost there for a tap-in because um, he got, got behind the, I think, Jones, behind Jones and won the ball. And... Uh, or almost one. If he'd got a foot to it, it probably would have been one nil to to Brum about two minutes in. So, um, but yeah, I think generally, um, you know, we did. We created 
probably about half a dozen really, really strong quality chances, um, which I guess, yeah, comes to what we have been saying that, again, that lack of clinical edge. But I I guess if you can get two of your, you you create six big chances and you put a couple away, well, that's not too bad really in the end. Um, so I, I think, you know, it seems like we are starting to get the balance um, I know it's only two games since I was saying, you know, there's not something wrong in the midfield. It's not quite um, balanced, but I the big, big shout in the, the Preston game about, about that, that I did not see um, coming that surprised me a positional switch with that. But um, yeah, I think just, just generally getting that balance. But I think having, you know, two wingers and, and those sorts of things are just starting to, to work. We're starting to find, I think the best 11. Um, and I think we've, I think Delap's really starting to assert oh, himself yeah. as the, the 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 man to lead the line. Um, just his the directness, the physicality, the 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 pace, the runs in behind. Um, you know that that for yeah that first goal was just um, you know some some will chalk it up to a you know a mistake from the Birmingham defence, but I think. Again, you got to be in those positions um, to, to score them, and you, and he puts himself into a really um, good position. Off, I think it was it Twine's. Yeah, right? I was just going to say. I mean, Twine gets a lot of stick, and 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 we we we've not been too positive on him in recent weeks. So I think when he does something well, he deserves the praise. That pressing to basically cut down the option so that the um, the Birmingham defender had to play it back um, was great, and that, and that's what really opens up the goal. Yeah, and I think, you know, that combination where Delap is able to come in off the blind side, so that defender doesn't even really, isn't even aware that he's coming, you know, to claim that. Um, I mean, it was a shit back pass either way. He put it right in no man's land, um, which is perfect for, for us. But, yeah, I think um, that was just a, it is showing, I think really, like, you know, I think we all know that, you know, there's some raps on Delap. Um you know, and he's got lots of promise and potential and, and we're starting, I think, you know, consistent football in, in this loan spell, I think is really starting to, we're starting to see, you know, his growth and development, um, you know, a, and moving at a pretty rapid pace. Because I think even over just this season, we've seen the, I think I think a lot of growth in him as a, as a player. So um, I'm looking forward to the rest of the season because I think he's going to, um, you know, touch would stay fit but be become really important i think you know him and philogene we've seen in their under 21s for england forming a really deadly partnership so um and i think we're seeing it at club level as well that those two are becoming you know hugely influential um for us yeah i think um probably during the transfer window there was a few eyebrows raised at comments around rosinia's ability to to develop young players and people kind of went oh well he hasn't really done that here yet because you look at Ibue last season not really coming on and probably a couple of others that, that didn't really show a whole lot. But his his work with with Delap and Philogene and other players, like as you say, it's so Even tangible. Connolly, because Connolly, Connolly, young, yeah, young Connolly's well. only twenty two, which you sort of forget mm. because he's been around for so long. But you know, you're seeing this tangible growth and development in these guys week on week, and and Delap's. We, we, we say it almost every episode, but Delap's ability to sort of turn his defender and run at the defence and really create that space for guys like Philogene to, to run into, Lakilo as well, um, is such a... I don't even know if it's an underrated quality. I think it's a really rated quality because I think he does it so well and it's such... 
you know, it's something that opposition, like Ryan Lowe after the Preston game was praising him as well, obviously had him on loan last season there. Um, he, he's having a terrific loan spell. And, and I think I said on social media after the game, like I'd love to be going to Man City in January and saying, all right, how, how much do you want for him? Because my worry is that, and even then I think it's going to be a lot. I don't think we'll be able to afford it. But if we don't, come the summer, it's going to be double whatever it would be in January because at mm. the rate he's improving, I could easily see him hitting double figures, 15 goals for the season sort of thing. And by the end of the season, you know, Premier League clubs could be looking at him. Mm. So um, if nothing else, I think it's it's a great sign that, you know, coming in, I mean, we're at sort of start of November now, so it's still a couple of months away, but coming into the January window, if there is anywhere that we need to strengthen, I think there'll be players sort of sitting up and taking notice that, hey, this is actually a pretty positive environment to walk into and the, you know, the development and the, the sort of the ability I can get out of myself at a club like that, it's going to do wonders for us in the transfer market. Yeah, I think it's certainly an interesting point on Delap. Um, you know, yes, they're going to probably, you know, want a lot, want, you know, they're going to try and squeeze him for as much as he's worth. But I, I think also they're probably going to be willing because I, like, I think he's great for us um, at the moment and he's still very young. Um, but is he going to, do they see him as the guy who's going to be their number one, you know, the, or their number nine in, you know, three years, four, like, time? Are they willing to, or are they? Oh, look, I mean, maybe like if Haaland goes off to Madrid and they go, you know, he, this kid's got the same sort of attributes, maybe they do. Possibly. Um, I just, you know, it, it feels a little bit like, um, you know, I guess Man City, Chelsea, all those, those they're just, they rake in that, you know, they have huge, huge academy pools and it's one out of a hundred that seems to actually break through into the first team that comes through their academy and the rest just, are, you know, fuel for the economic fire yeah. that is some of those massive clubs, um, regardless of all of the FFP stuff that's going on. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, it, I hope I, in, it sounds rude and a bit harsh, but I hope he's not a part of their, like they don't necessarily see him as their long-term successor. Cause that, you know, leaves the door ajar for us to try and, when, yeah. when he'd only scored one goal, he scored the goal against Norwich and then he hadn't scored for a little while but was still playing quite well. And I was like, I'm actually quite happy for him to not score many goals because quite often, you know, it's mm. there's such a fixation on goals scored. I'm like, look, if he only scores one or two for the season and we go, oh, look, gee, you know, we'll buy him for three million pounds if we have to. And then you sort of pick up a bargain. But he's not he's not really doing us any favours in that sense. No, um, not really. But I guess it just depends, like... What, obviously, we don't want to spend you know ridiculous amount of money on him, but you know we we spent we took a big punt on Philogene and spent five million. Yeah, we should that. talk about it in a second, but yeah, <laughs> and, that, and that worked out. That's wor- working out quite well at the minute. And you go, you know, if they're willing to, you know, obviously not go crazy, but you're going to shell out, you know, a decent maybe one decent fee each season or something. Um, you know, coupled with player sales, and I think you know filling the MKM, um, you know, all those sorts of things, you know, huge attendances, huge crowds is, you know, going to good for revenue and good for turnover. So the potential that, you know, maybe, maybe heading into either January or for next season, you're going, you know what, the laps, the one we're going to try and drop some money mm. on and, and secure him, um, keep the rest of the squad, you know, the, or the core there. But anyway, um, yeah, Philogene also sensational um, across these two games um, is just, really starting to it creeps up on you i mean i saw the stat Mm. that he had the seven goal involvements in his last seven games and you go 
that's, that sounds too many. And then you look at it and you go, yeah, geez, he really has. Like he's he's just coming on in leaps and bounds. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, where the first few um, appearances we were going, you know, he sort of gets into a good area, but then he seems to like hold the play up too much. And it's like he's not really sure what to – but I think we're starting to see, you know, it, I think Rosine is just – you know, I think just giving him the confidence to just get, don't worry about it, man. Just like get into those zones and do what you got to do. And, you know, I think especially, um, you know, the, it's the goal against press. He cuts inside the two. Yeah. That yeah. Just quality, just two defenders, you know, double marked. And that's, what's going to start happening. Um, and that's where you gonna... need the Lakilo on the other wing to, mm. to mean that they, they can't, well, like they probably still will, but they have to think about both sides. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, they're starting to, um, starting to, you know, double up on him. They're going, this is a dangerous player. We've got to take out of the game. And I he's think, still beating them. Yeah. The quality there for, for such a young kid to, is to just go, doesn't matter. Put two on me. I'll burn his both. Um, is, I think, yeah, quality and confidence is, is, um, sensational. So, I mean, even at this stage, I'd say five million well spent. <laughs> Yeah, and and I think the fee I heard was that the buyout is the buyback, I should say, for mm-hmm. Villa is fifteen million. And and to be fair, that only gets triggered if we're in the same division. But you'd have to say he's already showing that he's well worth, you know, a fifteen. Mm-hmm. Like you consider how much we got for Keen Lewis Potter, mm-hmm. and you know, in terms of um, absolute goal output, sure, Lewis Potter scored more goals for us in the championship. But I'd say on ability and potential and, and the way he's tracking i'd say philogene's already worth at least if not more than lewis potter was worth so it, it, it's yeah. a it's a crazy position to be in in that sense um and, and what i was saying before the episode started uh shirts arrived um just the other day which is in great timing for the episode and the, um, the, the shirt i'm wearing now is a philogene shirt so um feel quite appropriate with that with the uh the two performances against birmingham and uh and preston but it, it, it seemed like that goal against birmingham sort of didn't unlock his confidence because he'd already been performing quite well. But I think in terms of the belief that he can take those shots from distance and he mm. can um, carry the ball and and have those sort of um, those runs really triggered, obviously, the goal against Preston. He had a whole lot of other chances against Preston as well. We'll talk about that game in a second. But, but yeah, that, that goal against Birmingham um, was sort of what we're like, you know, what, what you sort of expect, ex- not expect of him, but like it's just that sort of end product that mm. he has to his game, which is just great to see him unleashing yeah i think we've we've seen i think just glimpses of quality at different areas of the park i think it was only maybe last week we're talking about the the wonderful like flick and touch that he off a long Mm. ball that you know to release maybe to lap or someone but um you know we've we see glimpses of of it um i think pretty much since he's arrived we've been able to see there's something there but yeah it's it's really nice to see him starting to put it all together um because he is, you know, without trying to put too much pressure on him, but he's like just about, you know, going to put us on his back and carry us into the playoffs um, if he maintains, you know, th- th- his form. And again, Touchwood stays injury free and all that sort of stuff. He, he's he's Bowen esque in that sense, and mm. you know, that's I don't think that's hyperbole to be comparing him to Jared Bowen. I think it, it it's the first time since I mean, it's the I it was I can't remember if it was yourself or someone else said it's it's almost like we've got Bowen and Grzycki back in terms of I think of that was me for, that's what was I, that you? I yeah yeah with Bowen and Grzycki it's 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 going into games and saying we've got these two and and and, and that's not meant to be an insult to the rest of the team because this team's actually quite well rounded but it's just mm. that those two players have such ability and mm. um 
sort of whenever they've got the ball, you just feel like something's going to happen. Like they're so direct. They're so they like, they get the ball, they just look up and they're, they're going towards the goal. And and it's great to be riding this wave of, of just form and confidence and, and everyone else starts to feel more confident as well. And as we say, like it opens up abilities for Lakilo to come into the side and, and gets huge amounts of space on that right-hand side because they're double teaming Philogene or, you know, if, if, um, if uh, we'll talk about, you know, Morden got injured in this game, but when we get him back in the side as well, Slater as well to come back into it, mm. uh, Tufan as well to come back into it. So there's Connolly as well when he gets um, back up to speed as well. So there's so much opportunity and, and excitement about this team at the moment. Yeah, I think um, it's it's just what we've been sort of crying out for, I, I guess, over the last really probably six to 12 months is just talking about building up a squad that has not just depth, but, you know, you know, I guess depth in quality, that, that idea that, you know, it doesn't necessarily matter that Slater who seemed like, you know, a banked on first 11 every week starter went, got injured because we've got someone, you know, quality like Tyler Morton to come in and then he gets injured and uh, we've managed, you know, to slot Traore into a defensive midfielder against Preston and had a bloody blinder. Um, so just, I, it's, it's it's just a nice position to be in where it doesn't is it yeah it's not doesn't really feel like we have a first eleven and then some subs it kind of feels like we just have a really solid all round squad for for the first time in a while. What was, what was that? Def- was it uh, was it Ridgewell? I'm trying to think. So that season we almost made the playoffs with Adkins, and then we went out in January and we signed one player. And it was Liam Ridgewell from the MLS or something. And I'm like, it's such a chalk and cheese of like. You know, having these exciting players, but actually, as you say, having that depth behind us to to supplement them rather than you've literally got the two players and then just did you play one game for us? Something did you like play that. Nine? Yeah, yeah. And it was no, it was not great. I just remember Ehab in that summer, in that January, going into the January, being like, you know, oh yeah, we're going to capitalize on the league position. We're going to make some moves, and then you know, Liam Ritual comes in. You're like, yeah, right, okay. But anyway, we're not going to dwell on that on the Alums. But uh, look, yeah, were there any other? Um, thoughts on this game, or we can do the um, the votes. Um, I think generally uh, the only probably it probably is another like you know I, I've sl- not slated, but I've been critical of I think Sari's performance levels so far this season. But I think you know, I think the last couple of games he's starting to really um, sort of get back to to where we know um, he can be. I think he's really strong again um, in the last couple of games, and I think as well not as many or you know not having those those silly sort of mistakes um you know in in those dangerous areas in our defensive third um which were seemed to be becoming a bit of a habit but thought he had a really strong performances um again getting forward as well um quite well so mm. i thought sari had a really strong um game against birmingham yeah and i think his confidence is another one that i think as he's becoming more confident in, in the players that he's playing with mm. he's actually playing those passes rather than as you say sort of Marking around with it mm. in the um, defensive third, so I think it's all, it's all sort of building on each other, which is um, really great to see. Yeah. Well, how, how about I start with you then for your votes for this one? Please don't. Um, <laughs> well, I guess I'll probably just go with the th- the three that I've really mentioned from that, which would be I don't even know what order. Um, let's go. Philogene Delapseri. Um, in in that order, I uh, I've got the same three, and I've gone to lap Philogene Seri. I just 
you know, Delap's Delap's all round game uh, and his ability to to create as well as score chances is so so good to watch. Uh, when he's running at a defense, his footwork to just sort of wrong foot the defenders and and, and create that space is awesome to see. Really should have had an assist for Twine, uh, which we didn't really touch on, but. There's been some suggestions that it was a dive. I'm probably a little bit more generous in saying I think he, it's one of those ones I think where he's already visualizing that he's scoring the goal before he the ball gets to him. And so he's sort of one step ahead of where he should be and sort of wrong foots himself. And then, and then I think at that point, he's like, oh, there's going to be contact from the keeper. So I'll just go down. Like I'm already falling down. I'll just fall down mm-hmm. rather than trying to keep his feet. But I'm like, I, I can't see a situation where you're through on goal like that. And, for no other reason, you just dive. I'm like, I'm like, mm. I think he's 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 legitimately slipping, um, but it was a really unfortunate one because you think if he, you know, almost caps off a perfect night if Twine gets a goal there to, to also set himself on the way. But um, yeah, look, uh, you know, Delap I thought was great. Um, Phil Jane was great as well, and as we said, I thought that was one of Seri's better performances for the season. Um, well, let's talk Preston then, um, where quite, quite similarly, and the reason the, the episode titled Philogene Go Solo, because it was another Philogene essentially solo goal here. I mean, picking the ball up in your own half and taking it basically the edge of the uh, the opposition box and, and scoring the goal uh, is pretty awesome to watch. I think it was voted the EFL goal of the week, which was great to see as well. Um, Lakilo back in for Morton, who we didn't really touch on, but, you know, concerning with that groin injury, hopefully it's not too serious. Um, and then, as you said, you know, Traore sort of filling in in that defensive midfield or central midfield role uh, and doing a great job. Yeah, I think, um, honestly, one of my highlights from that game is Traore's covering tackle. Um, you know, covering the sort of on a half counter, looks like these, they're going to get an easy shot away from in, in the box and Traore storming out of nowhere, big slide, blocks the shot. Um, and there was a, quite a fair bit of that um, in this game again, which I think was the sort of willingness to throw our body on the line, um, which we were seeing at the end of last season, I think, when Rosinha first came in, but it seemed to have slipped away a little bit um, throughout, you know, sort of that dry run of sort of the the one in seven, um, but seemed to to be back, you know, in full force where, you know, everyone was was putting 100% in. They were all willing, you know, to die for the cause, um, you know, so to speak. So... I think yeah, I think Otto Traore was was great in that um, position, which I think you know potentially you know leaves a difficult choice. Obviously, uh, probably Morton still you know not going to be uh, ready for for West Brom, but uh, you go is that you know, if he can do that again, and if he has another game there and, and performs to that to, to what I felt was a high level again, then. Mm-hmm maybe that is his position um, mm. where he seemed to be a little bit inconsistent, you know, uh, certainly on the wing, um, but even in that uh, sort of attacking, you know, number 10 uh, sort of position, he seemed, he gets in good spaces, but seemed to necessarily not be as, as influential as I felt like he was um, f- from that, you know, uh, I guess like the second six um, with alongside Sari. Um, whether that is just that he was able to get on, you know, on the ball a lot more and a lot sooner in the plays um, to try and help, you know, push us on. But I thought, yeah, I thought he was really good at at, at getting on the ball and helping to to start um, some of those plays forward. So, uh, yeah, I thought that was probably for me that was his his best game um, in a city shirt. 
Philogene, I think, I, yeah, I touched on before, just that sensational, just to, to it, from, where, from where he was in that position, just to go, whatever, I'm going to do this, um, take take him on, burn them both, get to the edge, um, and just, yeah, quality finish. Uh, but I think, I guess we're also seeing, I feel a bit bad for Furlong, is the only one I'm like, we haven't seen him at all. Um, and I think he's been the, made the bench a few a few times, but hasn't got a run. Vinagre's in and out, hasn't really staked a serious claim for the left back um, spot. Rosinha says he sees Greaves as a centre back, but he's playing him as a left back because and, and, and we haven't even seen for we haven't even seen, I haven't even seen him. I don't even know if he's any good or not. Yeah, it's hard as well when you've got two clean sheets in a row to justify changing that back four at all, really. Mm. So it's a certainly, um, and that I guess that was sort of where I was getting to is that, you know, maybe that is, unfortunately, maybe that's the back four. Maybe that's it. Is is Greaves, um, Jones, McLaughlin, and Coyle because that seems to be the one where we seem to be having a bit of success, and it's which which is crazy because it's the back four from League One, and <laughs> I just don't understand how. <laughs> Like, we keep trying to bring in players. Like, we brought Figueredo in last season. We brought Vinagre in this season. We keep trying to upgrade that back four, but it keeps reverting to the League One back four, and it keeps working. Mate, it's a championship-winning back four. Why would you change it? Um, Yeah, look, I don't know. It is interesting um, that somehow, given the opportunities, those four still manage to consistently stake the... And despite, you know... Like Coyle gets a lot of flack, um, very regularly from the fan base, you know, about you know the lack of quality is that he has the right back or whatever. But I think, you know, in turn, is he the most technically gifted right back in the league? Certainly not. Um, but I challenge you to find a right back who has more heart um, and dedication than he does. Like because he broke his nose or whatever, had surgery on it, came back like a week later and then got it rebroken. Um, and then set out one week, came back and just played, you know, in a mask for the last couple of games. So I think, you know, there's plenty of players who would just go, oh, I was going to take a couple of weeks and let this recover fully. And he's just like, get me back out there. I got a job to do. We got, you know, and so I, I really am a big fan of him on, on, you know, on that side of the, you know, the football equation. Um, I think like Christie is a right back also sensational and I think offers a lot more on the technical side, much better, you know, with ball at feet. Um, and I think offers more driving forward than um, like Coyle gets down the line and, and whips in a good ball. But I think um, Christie, you know, if he gets in there, then he is willing to take that player on to try and drive into the box, to try and draw fouls and all that sort of um, a little bit more. So it's such a strange like thing and McLaughlin like I just he's the he's in we're talking out, about he's him out, the, he's in yeah, yeah and he just you he never really does the other week, wrong, right, and he, he gets you know, out and, yeah mm. whether whether his time's sort of up at City because he's just not breaking into the team and then he's back in yeah so I just it's a strange one it really is because I I fully like we have tried and I'm sure we'll try again there'll be someone else will come in as the the, the guy who's going to, you know, the, 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 I mean, we brought in two left backs this season and we've still got Greaves at left back. So, yeah, um, it's, it is super, super strange. Um, but it is also really nice to go, you know, what, like, 
these guys who got us back into the championship might be then the ones to, you know, to, to help take us up to the prem, um, you know, which perhaps a little wishful thinking very early in the season, but I'd like to think we'll at least um, be fighting for playoffs. And I think that a, a, a full year ago didn't seem like it was on the cards in the near future at all anyway. So I think, you know, we've come along leaps and bounds and the Preston game, um, you know, who, yes, they weren't in great form, but they were still above us on the table. They'd been, you know, they certainly started the season really, really strongly. Um, so I think a really good, um, a really good important three points, which I think, did that, that push us, a, have they dropped out of the six now? Yeah, oh, I think yeah. we're above them. Yeah, yeah, I'll have a look. But also the fact that it was in front of a sold-out MKM is, is great um, to see. Mm. <clears throat> what was it, over 24,000 there? Yeah. Um, we are, yeah, they, they've dropped to ninth and we're seventh. Mm. So um, that's great to see. But, yeah, in front of a sold-out MKM, you know, I think it was kids for a quid or something like that. So you think it's all about winning the hearts and minds of the kids and, and the more games you can win and you get goals like that Philogen goal, which are going to stick in people's memories. It's um, mm. sort of a perfect game in that sense. Yeah. Just, you wonder how many kids, you know, or how many people there went to their first, you know, city game, the NKM and, and watched that, watched Philogen do that. Like that is, you know, a memory that will last a lifetime um, for some of those lucky folks. Yeah, um, and then just before we go on to the votes, um, Allsop as well, I thought deserved to mention. I mean, he made some terrific saves, kept us in the game a, a couple of times, and, and you know, you, you can't go two clean sheets in a row without mentioning the keeper in terms of um, his performances, and I think he's he's looked terrific for us. Yeah, I don't really... I think, like, Allsop, pretty much since he's come in, like, it was one of those... He came in and we thought, oh, this is harsh on Ingram, but he hasn't, you know, he hasn't put a foot wrong um, really since he's come in. He's been great he's i think there's been some nervy moments where he you know he's sticking to the game plan he's they've drawn the attackers in and they've tried to play it out and you go maybe it would have been better just to lump that one um because there was some there's been there was a few really close calls i think across both these games it was a couple that was you know um real tight um to, to to get that out and get and get free but I, he's pretty he's pretty good with his feet um and very very good with his hands um reads the game really really well has seems to have really good positioning um so he's been a um a, a i think just a huge signing which i think you know even i like we i think i described him as just like it was like oh he's on par with ingram he hasn't doesn't really add a heap um but he's not a bad signing he was just i was like he's us he's a goalkeeper signing gives us good you know competition for spots but in hindsight He's been a really, a really, really good signing, and I think, I think a sign of a successful season is kind of when you go, you, we, we've managed. It looks like we're getting more hits than misses this year with the signings. So, yeah, um, absolutely. And, and when you consider that, what Allsop, Philogene, Morton, I'm probably forgetting some. Well, Furlong obviously came in as well, but he hasn't played yet. But those three all came in on deadline day. So you think it's been, what's that sort of five, six weeks now, um, or maybe a bit more. Um, maybe seven or eight weeks, but you think that's that's them starting to really gel into the side now. Um, and it does take players just a bit of time to get up to speed with the new, new manager, new new players, new new tactics, everything. So um, <clears throat> we're starting to see the fruits of those those new signings really developing into the side, which is um, which is really great to see. Um, I'll um, I'll give my votes for this one first, and then pass it over to you. But yeah, I, I 
can't look past Philogene for the three. I think we didn't even really mention here that that miss just before halftime, which was very typical of us in recent weeks. And I think I actually, uh, I went to bed at halftime, I will confess. It seemed like it was one of those games that was going to head towards a nil-nil or, um, you know, a, a yeah, the chat did sense. get very quiet after halftime, I must say. <laughs> yeah, so I was very pleasant, pleasantly surprised when I woke up to see the uh, the result. But, uh, yeah, look, that chance just before halftime, um, you know, on another day, a player gets pretty frustrated at that and, and kind of goes into their shell. But, um, you know, terrific display from him, just the amount of chances he was creating and, and shots he was taking. And, and his pressing work as well, it's um, it's fantastic. So, yeah, couldn't go past him for the three. Um, I went to Allsop for the two um, for the reasons mentioned. Thought he had a terrific game. Uh, and I went Graves for the one vote. I think, like we're sort of saying, I mean, he's 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 sitting there at left back and he's he's not putting a foot wrong. And he he's also linking up really well with Philogene. And like we, I sort of I, I mentioned um, Lewis Potter at the start of the episode, but it's sort of reminiscent of that, of Graves having this winger in front of him. He can he can play these great balls too. And he, he's very... Um, Forward thinking when he when he gets the opportunities to, and, and I think he's linking up very well with Philogene, which is um, great to see. Yeah, I think um, Greaves is his. Um, I, I think he understands the way Philogene wants to play really, like really well as as well. Because I noticed that like Vinagre was always oh, seemed to always be an overlapping run, but you see with Greaves that there's quite often there's the underlapping run to draw and make that space for Philogene to go and take you know. Go, cut himself down the line and, and take them on again on the edge of the box um so i think there's there's quite a good understanding um i think from greaves in that part so that is um yeah just has been what was really nice to, to watch particularly just going like you know what? he's not actually always just taking the space and saying give me the ball he's doing the unselfish thing quite a lot and saying i'm going to make this run in here drag some players away from you give you more space because you're the guy who's going to cause some carnage on the ball so um but my three, two, one is similar, in a sense. Um, so I've gone Philogene for the three as well. Um, for yeah, as you obvious reasons, um, was the man. Do you reckon on the that? Night. Do you reckon that will be goal of the season? I, I mean, I I think what did I say in the chat? Early shout for goal of the season. Yeah. I I think it'll be. I reckon it'll be in the conversation. But I think there'll be, you know. They'll, it was really, really good, but I think there'll be some wonder strike that, um, you know, pinpoint I mean, two, two, from 30 two, yards or something. Two fans, like goal against Chef Wednesday, for example, yeah. Mm. So um, I'm not sure. I think, I mean, it was very, very impressive. I think it's certainly deser- deserving to be in the conversation um, for, you know, goal of the month, goal of the season um, when the time comes. But who knows? By then he might have even scored an even better goal. Yeah, and we'll be it. talking about that one. Um Two points, I'm going to go to Traore because, um, as I said, I thought that shift into that defensive midfield position or, um, you know, working alongside Seri, I thought he was had a really, really good game. And I think that, you know, defensive slide as the highlight that I thought was, um, yeah, one, his highlight for me in a City um, shirt just despite, you know, a couple of goals and some of the, the, the promise um, in, in attack that he showed, I thought, that was um, really, really good. And I can't really decide on the one. Um, I'm really struggling here because we've talked about Allsop and how good he was and we've talked about Greaves and how good he was. Um, and I just don't really know. I'm going to give it I'm going to give it to McLaughlin, actually. I'm just going to go out there and just say, you know, just for, for, for working his way back into the, the team and, and slotting in like he was never out of it at all. 
Good shout, good shout. Um, we'll, we'll, just before we do the uh, the West Brom preview, we, we'll, we'll do a player review next week. Um, but I figure with the two games to review, we'd um, save the time from that. Although we still managed to talk for what's that about thirty five minutes already. Um, I did want to just mention. Uh, obviously, I think it's um, coming up to a year in charge for Liam Hussein. I think it was the third of November. I saw someone tweet out that it was a year couple of days ago but i'm pretty sure it's on the 3rd of november but that or that might be the, the the one year anniversary of his first fixture in charge i'm not too sure but um in some ways it feels like it's been a long one year because you feel like he's been here for for so long but in other ways you think geez you know that's gone quite quickly that um he's you can't help but look back on a year ago or, or a bit more than a year ago when shot was in charge and think the club whilst on the up and very exciting under um ajun just has this layer of professionalism about it now that I feel like we were sort of missing a bit at that point. Um, and Rosinha has to play a big role in that in terms of how he's come in and um, set his standards and, you know, gone about shaping the squad and been quite um, direct, I suppose, in, in terms of how he, he wants to have the squad playing and operating and, and, and being very bullish. I mean, he had his critics and he still has his critics. I mean, literally a week ago we were sitting here criticizing, not criticizing per se, but, but expressing concerns about how we were um, tracking for the season. Um, and he's, you know, stuck to his guns and stuck to his strategies and tactics. Uh, and it, it's paying dividends now in these two past two fixtures. And um, it's, you know, it, it's it's thrilling to have a manager who used to play for the club and has these connections to the club. And, you know, you sort of want him to go on and, and achieve everything he can with City. But, uh, look, it's just, it, you know, it's good to sit here reflecting on a year with uh, Liam in charge. Yeah, I think um, I saw in one of the many fan forums that I'm in, um, someone posted, there was a, a stat that must have got pop, popped up in on a, one of the fixtures or something, but it was like most game, uh, like points collected since, you know, some date in 2020, the last last season. And it was around, you know, when Rosina would come in charge. And we were... We were fifth for the most points collected in that time, or something out of like the the six teams that that they were um, that were on that list. So I think, um, you know, I think if anything, or if, you know, he's been he's he's turned us into a, a semi somewhat consistent you know team who's collecting points more often than not, um, which is ultimately the goal. So um, I think. We're getting that, and we're really starting to get some some attacking football, which um, you know, Ajun promised from from day from day one that we were going to have exciting players, exciting attacking football, and we we're going to be you know a team and a club that everyone could be proud of, and you know, so I think it's been um, just gen. I think just generally, like, almost all of the decisions, all of the steps have been made in the right direction and with the, the the best interests of the of the club and the fans you know at heart so it is um it is a it is very pleasant to i mean be a part of the club um you know at the moment yeah no absolutely and and as we sort of said you know the sellout at the mkm on the weekend against preston's another sign of that and that step in the right direction so I think I saw something about our average crowds just, you know, um, just continuing to increase. And it's it's great to see that, um, you know, there's that sort of return to the return to football in Hull um, after a couple of lean years. So, um, you know, long may it continue. And hopefully, as you sort of alluded to earlier, you know, there's a 
place in the playoffs or at least, you know, right on the cusp of the playoffs for us this season to really take that next step and um, and show a bit of the potential this squad has? Yeah, I mean, um, the I think hopefully, I mean, the, the 24,000, whatever it was, 355 or whatever that were in attendance, finally got treated to a win at home. So hopefully they'll be back um, next time. Yeah, absolutely. Well, look, we'll, um, we'll wrap things up with a preview of that West Brom game. Um, play them this weekend away from home. Um, I think they've won six of the last seven against us, which sort of um, passed me by. But <clears throat> obviously won the last time out under Rossini. I think from memory, was that the game that Tete, well, I mean, Tete scored in? I think it's like his only goal for us. And then did he also get injured in that game from memory? I can't remember. But it was it was one of those ones where it was, I think we won 2-0, but everyone just kind of went, oh, I don't know how West Brom stuffed that up. Like they they mm. dominated the game, but um, we got the three points. But um, look, I mean, like West Brom, you know, three wins in their last five. They beat Coventry yesterday morning as well, traveling pretty well in the table. I think they've knocked us out of sixth place with that win against Coventry. Uh, it's, you know, another, another challenging but winnable game. Yeah, I think, um, I was think, because I think last season when we played them, I feel like both games were really close together. Um, like it, it didn't feel like there's a lot of distance between the two matches. Was the other one like five? No, the three? other one was Bruce. Is that one? Yeah, the five three with Bruce, and that was with Shotter. So that was yeah. That was like, like it wasn't. No, that was like September, I want to say. Whereas yeah. this one was like March or something. Yeah, maybe I'm thinking of maybe there's I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking of something else. Maybe there was another fixture clash that was real close, or it might have been a cup and a league game or something that I had with someone. That I don't know. I've got something in my head. It's obviously wrong. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> the five three because uh, the five three with Bruce was like right at the end of our good start under Shotter, where I think Oscar scored like two goals or something, and we were still playing well, but we lost the game five two or five three, and we went, oh yeah, that's all right, and then like got battered the next few games, and then Shotter was gone. Yeah. Anyway, um, I think this 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 game will be. Um, I think you know we're, we're coming up against a team who's really in some some good form so i think this will be a challenge um and i think the last two were really important in just staying with the pack and i think this one becomes um i guess like almost a statement of intent if you can get this you're winning against team uh, uh, you know a rival for that play for those playoff places um who's in form who's playing well who's scoring goals if you can if we can knock them off then i think really this becomes you know um, one, one of those really important patches of form where you pick up lots and lots of points against teams around you. Um, but also, I think just a general, like, you know, statement of saying, you know what, we're, we're not here just to make up the numbers. We're here to, um, to we're here to play. Mm. Yeah. I mean, uh, John Swift's out injured for them, which he was probably their most dangerous player for the season. But then um, Dean Garner stepping up as well as Jed Wallace. I think Dean Garner got the first against Coventry yesterday morning. Um, so they've got they've got attacking options, and obviously, as a recently relegated side, just two seasons ago, they've still got quite a strong squad. Um, Corbrand, as the manager as well, um, is is a pretty strong manager. But I mean, as you say, I think you know the last two were definitely to get back into the pack, chasing the top six. This is sort of the game to if you win that three wins in a row, you start to actually put some distance between yourself and mm. you know twelfth. And so you start sort of starting to look more at a top half finish and then you win a couple more and suddenly you'll get maybe a top six finish. So it's it's a it's a big game in that sense. And um 
you know, yeah, it's all sort of on the line for this one. Are, are there any changes to the 11 that you'd make for this game? I don't think so. I think with like with the, with the week to recover, um, I'd be pretty happy to see them just start how they um, how they lined up against Preston. I thought, you know, as we sort of said, we're we're sort of whittling away. We're sort of slowly figuring out what the best eleven is. Um, and yeah, there's a couple out injured, but I think um, yeah, we're getting very close to to figuring out that. And I think you know the the midfield puzzle is is still the the bit that I'm not 100% sure on, but um, you know what? May, maybe Traore as a six is the is the weird is the the weird solution that the puzzle piece that shouldn't fit where it does, but but does. Yeah, and it's the same with like I don't know how two fan fits back into this when when he's back up to full fitness. You know, Connolly, play him as a he, ten. Yeah, well that's it. Like whether he plays at the ten. Um, although I would say, I mean, we didn't really touch on it, but I thought Twine's set pieces over the mm, last two actually. games have looked a whole lot better. So, you know, his free kicks and corners, you know, becoming a real weapon for us. Um, but whether, you know, Tufan and Connolly are just sort of players off the bench for the time being, it's it's a tough team to get into at the moment. Yeah, and I think that that's probably fair. They probably do um, have to. I still think Twine is the one out of all the signings who's come in who hasn't really hit his straps and hasn't really impressed on a very consistent um, basis. Um, there's certainly glimpses where um, he knows what he's got to do and he makes the right call and it all works out, you know, a la that, the press against Birmingham. But, um, you know, for someone who came in and he was a free kick specialist or whatever, that area particularly is, is a bit underwhelming. Um, but I think, he is he's he's moving in the right direction i think the last couple of forms have been generally better um and i feel it'd be um even though i don't think he's necessarily been performing that well i think I, it almost feels like it actually would still be harsh to to drop him um out of that side i think it's almost the you're almost just going like why don't change your winning formula you know if it ain't broke don't fix it and for whatever reason, that seems to be um, seems to be working. So I'd probably just because I think Twine there was a big was Twine involved in one of those big defensive things as well. I feel like there's one that was Traore. Oh, maybe I, think was, I feel like there was one that was Twine or something as well um, in that Preston game, but not sure. But anyway, I'd leave it as is. Um, is the short answer instead of my rambling. Leave it as is. And in terms of score prediction for this one? I am really, really positive and I'm really, really hopeful. But I'm tipping 2-1 to West Brom. It does seem like the sort of thing where you kind of, you get on a roll, you get really optimistic and then the bubble bursts. So, uh, look, I I might say a 1-1. I think we could probably get a draw here. But, yeah, you don't want to kind of get too ahead of yourself in these ones. So, um Look, if we can if we can get a point out of this and just sort of keep the uh, the points accumulating, I think that's that's the aim of the game at the moment, um, and that would be fine by me. We've got some really winnable games at home coming up as well, so I think I think if we're you know just picking up draws on the road and wins at home, I think that's that's fine for the time being. Um, the other thing to mention, I don't actually know when it ticks over, but I know the lapse on you know his one yellow card away from a ban. I don't know when that goes up to whether it's 10, 10 cards or fifteen uh, or whatever. I think it's the next international break, which is only right. a couple of weeks away anyway. 
Yeah. I mean, given his propensity to um, get involved, I mean, he had the scrap in the Birmingham game, which was um, pretty similar to his scrap in the Coventry game, which I, I love that about a player, like when they're, they're willing to get stuck in like that. And, you know, you know, he's won the ball fairly, but then the opposition players obviously try to get stuck in and, and he doesn't back down. Um, but he does just have to be mindful. And I'm sure Rosini's probably said something to him about, you know, don't don't get too many yellow cards. So um, hopefully he can stay out of the referee's book and, and we don't miss him for a game. But whether that provides an opportunity for someone like Connolly to come back in, maybe maybe that's the way he gets his chances. Um, but, yeah, look, uh, you know, it, it's, a, it's been a good episode. Um, you know, po- always positive when there's two wins to talk about and, and hopefully we can make it another one um, on the weekend against West Brom. But thank you for joining me for this one, Dan. Look, that's all right. Um, I do have a propensity to, to ramble a little bit and stretch these episodes out, um, so... Sorry that's about that. Good. No, that's all good. There's plenty to talk about. There's, there's plenty of stuff that we didn't even touch on between the two games. So uh, there's always, always more to talk about. I mean, barely even talked about Jason Aquila, who I think's um, really start, starting to show himself as a good option in the side as well. So, um, yeah, look, you know, if, if we do go in unchanged against West Brom, it'll be good to see how the 11 starts to build that, that confidence and um, chemistry between them. So we shall see. But, look, until next time, come on, City. You've been listening to the official Hull City Australia podcast, The Tigers Down Under. For more discussion, join us on Facebook at the Hull City AFC Australia Facebook or follow us on Twitter at Hull City AFC Oz. The music was created by Amber Black. It's the time, yeah, the city's on fire We're going higher and higher There's no turning